Welcome to A Slice of Bread and Butter, brought to you by Mark and Fiona from affordable food charity, The Bread and Butter Thing. Our affordable food means that our members can save money on their shopping, feed their families well and access all kinds of other support too, but right in the heart of their communities. Yeah, and this is the place where we meet and chat with our members and volunteers to hear about how using The Bread and Butter Thing makes a difference to their lives. So this is the second episode in our Impact Report mini-series. It's a mini-series now, is it? It is a mini-series now, absolutely. I've upgraded. Okay. In which we take a look at some of the biggest bread and butter thing stories of the year. And in this episode, we're going to have a little bit of help from one of our members, Stephen. Yeah. So I went to meet Stephen in Darlington. He's been a member for over a year now. And I think his story will really resonate with a lot of people. His life was somewhat derailed by COVID and it's taking some time to get back on his feet. I think one of the strangest things I come across was a massive, a huge cheese. It was like a Stilton, but it was creamy. It was a massive block. Like, like you know, you get these massive rounds, you get these big rounds of cheese. I had to Google if I could freeze cheese because <laughs> there's no way in the world it was going to go through. So then I had to come up with other ideas of, of how to cook. Because I'm not a big fan of Stilton, believe it or not. But um, if you cook it with puff pastry and uh, spinach. It changes the flavour and it makes it really nice. So that was a challenge. I came across bread and butter when my wife mentioned it to me. Uh, Apparently one of her friends was using the service and we went along. I felt a little bit nervous about going for the first time. Me and my wife went together there was a quite a queue. I was taken aback. I wasn't expecting as many people as what they were. We started going over a year ago now. Um, when I first started going to Bread and Butter, there was about, I would say, in the region of 30 to 40 people in the queue. Um, since then, they've moved because they needed a bigger premises for one. And the queues are getting bigger. I've noticed week and week that the queues are getting bigger to the point even now that that the, the service will have a limit on what they can take in each week. So if I make a text and they text me back for whatever reason, say we're oversubscribed this week, they would say text us next Saturday instead of this on Sunday so that we get priority. How many carrots is it? I don't want limes because I don't like them, so somebody else can have them. It is a great service in itself because it provides great food um, for a really, really low cost. And it's the other the other thing is 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 for me and, and definitely for, for my family is is the diverse food that you get. So it's not all what you'd expect, you know, frozen chips or pack of burgers, it's fresh vegetables, fresh fresh fruit fruit um and some surprises in there along the way which sometimes makes me have to google and have a look and think outside the box and 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 what can i come up with this and it challenges me and and i like that and it challenges the boys as well because they they, being sort of teenage lads question and what the hell's that um (laughs) so tell me what a difference it makes to you and your family then it, it makes an incredible difference. The amount of money it saves when you kind of break it down over a week or two weeks, 
it can add up to over 50 pounds a week which is incredible when you're budgeting and you've for a month and you've only got i keep saying this to my kids i can't spend 200 pounds if i've only got 100 pounds so what you're asking i can't do so things like the bread and butter club they make that little bit easier if you get your standard weeks of shopping from the bread and butter it's seven pound fifty if i went out and bought all of that it would be through the roof they talk about through the, the government inflation, 10% and whatnot. But it's not 10%. Because when I go to a shop, what was previously a pound is now £1.30. And that's across the board. That's not just one item. That's every item in the store. And if you consider that, that's not 10%. I don't know where they get the figures from. But I know that my shopping weekly in the last six months has gone up at least 30%. And what the bread and butter can try and do is fill that void. I personally, I'm on universal credits. I'm uh, not working. So I'm at, as, as far as income goes, I'm at the, the, low, the lowest end of the spectrum. I know then there's people at the other ends of the spectrum, but even those people can feel the pinch. And if they're feeling it, then we are. Could you tell me a bit about your job and a kind of potted history up to COVID and what happened during COVID, etc.? I have worked for DHL for a number of years. It's the company I sort of got my development through the most. But at the same time, I was having problems at home with my boys, behavioural problems, my wife was struggling to cope with. So I, I took an option to as a team leader to work for an, in manufacturing, which was a bit foreign to me because I'd worked in logistics and warehousing before. Did very well, I like, really enjoyed the experience of working for them. They, they were in manufacturing, providing for the airline industry. When things were going so great, then COVID hits. I was told I was at risk of threat. I'd been on furlough for eight months anyway. And then, um, so the time itself was difficult. It was, it couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. I mean, everyone knows what they were living with, with COVID and it, it wasn't any different for me. And then, yeah, inevitable happened. I got made redundant. So yeah, it was, it was, it was I'd gone from being like a manager in control of everything to on my backside, not earning, worried about where, you know, the next bill's going to come from and, and when that's going to come and how I deal with it, as well as trying to feed my kids. It's horrible. It's not a nice situation to be in. It's, it's uh, there's people, I guess. The only thing, sort of things I can see is that people have been through us, I guess, at this time through COVID. Yeah, I suppose everybody is in the same boat to a degree, but uh, I suppose it, it's it's so alien to you, isn't it? Somebody that's worked all their life and, and been able to stand on their own two feet. How does that make you feel just to suddenly go, I don't know what to do anymore? When you realise you don't know what to do, to do anymore and, and you can't see from week to week what... You're applying for work. You are trying your best to, get, to, to bring the money in. I mean, I went for an interview. I was doing interviews. Remember, I was being a manager for that long. And I'm going for interviews for transport clerk and things like that with companies. And I was having a guy at the other end. I've got the same qualifications as the, the transport managers asking me about my CPC and when I did that. And I enjoyed um, having that discussion. But at the end of the interview, it was like, what are you doing here? You're too qualified. And I said, please don't not apply. Uh, employ me because I'm overqualified. I literally begged the guy. 
So what's the job market like now? How, how does it feel nowadays? Do you, are you still job hunting? No, I've, I've, I've stopped the... Um, I've had problems with arthritis. I've got rheumatoid arthritis in my knuckles and my knees and my ankles all over. I wake up in the morning and I'm in pain. I'm only 47, but I'm in pain. And I struggle. Some days getting out of bed. Some days, great. Other days, not so great. And I had to think to myself, look, would I employ me in my current state? And the answer to that question was no, because I'd be too unreliable. So what do you think brought on the rheumatoid arthritis? Was this something that's plagued your career before? My mum had um, arthritis quite a lot. And so there is that hereditary side of things, which um, naturally come to the fore. I played a lot of football when I was a kid, um, constantly. And I played to a reasonably decent-ish level when I was in my mid-twenties. So... (laughs) We'll see, but 47 is a bit young to be sort of saying. I feel like I keep saying to my wife, I'm the youngest pensioner in Darlington. Uh, and I don't like that. So I have to, I have to, I want to get to the bottom of it. I want to get better. I want to try and get off, uh, get on my feet a lot more. I was going to say, so home life, tell me about home life. Tell me about your boys. Tell me what it's like living at home with three teenage boys. Living at home with three teenage boys has always been a challenge. Well, it was it was a challenge. It it was a challenge when they were young. Fortunately, like I say, now they've they've got a bit older, um, and they actually get on really quite well. Those two more than the eldest. They are teenage boys at the end of the day, so it's it's fun. It can be challenging. Okay, I'm just going to finish off. A number of people have always told us um, they they had a memorable thing that was in a bread and butter bag or a memorable dish they made out of it. Because there's loads of meals I've made. Yeah. There's loads. What's the most unusual thing you've cooked? One week at Bread and Butter, we got some diced beef. And normally I would say, right, diced beef, what can I do with that? I've got a slow cooker at home. I'll, I'll chuck uh, a lot of vegetables in it, a lot of stock. And I thought, you know what, Nat, I can't be bothered to do that this week. I wanted to cook something a bit quicker and I want something different, something I've never cooked before. And um, there was some limes in the bag and there was a tin of coconut milk. And I thought, here we go. So I was searching through my pantry and there was a load of packets which my friend had bought from Thailand. And he brought them back and he gave me a bag full of loads of stuff tiger bombs and but there was there was some paste in there and one of one of them was a massimum paste and it said beef on the back so i thought all oh, right okay so first thing i think right what have i got right i've got coconut milk brill got that in the bag i've got beef champion i've got limes brilliant i have got fish sauce in the cupboard and i've also got palm sugar so i put all this together thinking there's only one or one person eating this and that's going to be me. And it actually, and I'd made quite a bit. There was quite a lot there. And it actually went down an absolute storm. I'd made some rice with it. The boys absolutely adored it. And I was the last people I expected to, but to like it. It's spicy. It's flavoursome. Very flavoursome. And uh, very fresh. And since then, I've made that three times. And it was even me, my stepdaughter who comes over. She took some home with her. 
And she was like, ah, oh, it's like, a, like from a, a Thai restaurant, that. And what was he called again? It was Masamam beef curry. It was lush, very nice, but very tender. It cooked very, a uh, couple of hours and it was great. Good. I recommend it to any listeners. <laughs> Stephen sounds like a great cook. Doesn't he? Sounds amazing. But that doesn't alter the fact that he's also had a really tough ride. Mm. Losing his job during the pandemic, now struggling with his health, and a house full of teenagers to feed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's one of the many members who were probably never expecting to need to use something like bread and butter to support him. But now he's finding that we're a vital tool in helping making ends meet, especially with constantly rising cost of living. Stephen said it himself. He said food inflation feels like 30%. Yeah, and the cost of living crisis is going nowhere fast. Uh-uh. One of the things I find most striking about what Stephen was saying is how one unexpected life event can just plunge a family into crisis. You know, there's no safety net to catch people. Yeah. And this is what we say all the time. It's why we go on so much about providing this two-tier of support, right? So we can try and catch people before they're forced to head to the food bank. So I know we're focusing on our impact report, but there are some other figures we could talk about. Mm, Is this the data bit? Well, yes, obviously. (laughs) But this is sort of data with a difference, I think. So the Trussell Trust and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation recently released the results of their research about whether it's actually possible to live on universal credit at £85 a week. Okay. And newsflash, the answer is no. Well, that's a surprise. Well, it is, but not if you want to eat and heat your house. And so the twist in the way that they've approached this is rather than going out there and banging a drum saying, this is not enough, they've actually reversed it and approached it from the other way and tried to put an amount on how much it is realistic to live on, but at the very barest, most parsimonious level. So they've worked out what you would need to survive. So they've excluded anything nice, you know, like a Netflix subscription Mm -hmm. or a drink out. And they've assumed everyone's renting. So there's no responsibility of household repairs and things that they've not factored in like an emergency, like, you know, replacing a washing machine, for example. So this is the smallest amount, I guess, they can calculate that people are living on, assuming nothing else goes wrong. No extraordinary things happen in their life. Yeah. So it's um, the amount of money that will cover food, utilities, clothes, phone in your internet, sundries like cleaning products and travel for work, public transport only, obviously. Mm. And the figure they've come up with is £120 a week. (laughs) Okay, so that's a shortfall of 35 quid a week. Exactly. And that's assuming you get the full universal credit allowance. How much of this 120 quid is for food? £37. Mm, Okay, so you can see why so many people are coming to us and trying to save on the food budgets when things get tight. And I'd say the maths stack up, as our members say, that they pay about eight fifty a week with us, plus a top-up of odds and ends at the supermarket. And they tell us that they save roughly 25 quid a week, which is what they're plowing back into other household essentials. As we heard Stephen, he feels as though he's saving 50 quid a week. Yeah, what those figures, I think, really demonstrate is how hard it is to get out of a crisis once you're in it. Yeah. If your income is leaving you short every week, then that's just going to compound the problems. Yeah. So using us to save money is one thing. But one of the other big things that sings through our membership survey is the feedback from members telling us that bread and butter means that they can sense that they're not alone. It fosters a sense of community. Yeah. So we get, as well as asking sort of yes, no-y sort of data-y kind of questions, 
there's a bit of a free flow field in there where people can write messages to us. Mm -hmm. Can I read you one that really stood out to me? Yeah, go for it. It's one from a member at Blakely in North Manchester that says, The bread and butter thing has opened up to me a whole new community and got me out of the house, even on the bad days when I feel like I can't be bothered. It also makes me feel good that I can cook my children a decent meal too. I know I'm broke, but not alone in the way I feel. So it's great to meet other people in the same boat and there's not judgment. We all speak and say hello. It's made me feel more like me again. Yeah, that's big. That That's that's emotional. That gets me that. It is, isn't it? It's that whole thing of, you know, it's made me feel more like me again. That's a, like a really powerful <sighs> yeah. thing to say. Yeah. I, I, and that's a recurrent theme, isn't it? Through the feedback we get. I think it's my turn today to do top five facts. Okay. Okay. okay, so <laughs> here we go. Firstly, 96% of our members feel comfortable shopping with us. That's good, isn't it? Because, you know, it's important that people feel welcome and not stigmatised by shopping with us. Yeah, exactly right. And it goes back to what you were saying about the Blakely member. You know, they, they feel this sense of community and don't feel that they're alone in it. So next fact, 89% of members say that shopping with bread and butter is a positive experience. See, now you see, I think that shows what a fantastically lovely team we have, our hubs, about the brilliant work that the volunteers are doing in creating a sort of, you know, friendly, welcoming, I'm gesticulating other positive, <laughs> you know, sort of really sort of cheerful vibe yeah. at all of our hubs. They're just fantastic and it's the staff and it's the volunteers and the hub leaders and the, and the community spaces that are created it's a real vibe and i and i love it so next fact 79 percent of the food distributed by bread and butter is fruit veg or chilled food for the fridge 72 percent of our members have better access to affordable fruit and veg more than they did before they were shopping with us and that leads on to eight out of ten members have tried new food. Which all speaks to that healthy eating agenda, but also improving the diversity of people's diets. It's not just pasta and beans on toast all the time. Yeah, exactly. And home cooking with those new ingredients. <laughs> Stephen's beef massimam curry sounded delicious. Yeah, it did. But where do you stand on blue cheese? Mm, yeah, I, I think it's a great ingredient for soup or stews, but I don't have the best relationship with it. Oh, no, I'm not a fan either. But I do think I've got some Stilton left over from Christmas. Well, you know, you get those like boxes mm -hmm. of cheese and there's always one that you don't eat. And that's Stilton for us in this house. And I put it in the freezer because, of course, I never like to throw anything away. <laughs> so I think I might have to go back to Stephen and ask him for that recipe that he did right at the start. You know, talking about the, the tarty pastry thing he did. Yep. OK, so if you'd like to know more about the bread and butter thing and what we get up to, you can find us at Team TBBT on Instagram and Twitter or on LinkedIn or online at breadandbutterthing.org. And if you have any feedback or thoughts on the podcast, you can get in touch with us by email at podcast at breadandbutterthing.org. And finally, we are always open to new members at all of our hubs. So if you or someone you know would benefit from our affordable food service, then you can find your nearest hub on the joiners pages of the website. And please do all the things that podcasts ask you to do. Like us, subscribe to us like Fiona's mum has, leave us a review, share us with your friends and say nice things about us on social. And come again, join us next week when we'll be meeting some of those amazing volunteers that we were talking about at our Dalham hub in Warrington. They've actually taken their volunteering skills and use them to get into work fantastic Rachel rang me up one day and said um, hi Sarah can you come and help out for one day <laughs> yeah I've not looked back a couple every week <laughs> been doing that nearly a year a year yeah, yeah. 
love it gets me out it took me out of my anxiety i had quite a lot of bad anxiety and now i give everyone else bad anxiety <laughs> <laughs>